Welcome to the Principal's Office Podcast, where we believe that the principal's job is the most interrupted job on the planet, and creating a clear and cohesive plan is the best way to improve your school. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Miller. I'm the founder of Leaders Building Leaders, and it's my goal each week to introduce you to new strategies and initiatives that are improving schools across the country. You're going to learn leadership principles that are going to help you accelerate your growth, build your teams, and execute on those goals so you can exceed those expectations of the communities that you aim to serve. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. But for right now, enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to go back and get the actual study guides, um, which is really, really helpful, and I'm going to be showing uh, the study guides uh, tonight. Um, so if you're listening on a podcast, uh, click the link that's in the show notes uh, so you can get access uh, to the study guide of the book. So, so, what, so what have we learned so far, right? So, you know, you know so far over the first you know, couple chapters, John has really, really talked about the, uh, how necessary it is to not only to uh, have a plan to develop yourself, right? Because no one, uh, no one is going to follow um, somebody who's 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 not a good leader of themselves. And so I share a lot when I, you know, do the lesson on the relationship compass. The hardest person to lead uh, in the world is is me. And it's a full time job. Plus, I have you know uh, teammates helping <laughs> me lead me, making sure I'm in the right place focusing on the right things. And so it takes great intentionality, great intentionality to, to lead others, right? to, to want and have a desire to uh, develop others. And so one way you know, to do that is to, is to bring others along um, in, in your journey, in your leadership journey. And that's what we're gonna be talking about a lot in uh, chapter five. So, um, so before we get started though, I wanna tell everybody about this great event. It's called Live to Lead. And every single year, uh, John has uh, John um, recruits thought leaders that he has great respect for, that add value to others, uh, who have who make great impact in their, own, in their own inner circles. And John invites them to share the stage uh, with him. And so, as a John Maxwell a certified coach, I get the opportunity um, to to uh, broadcast that live event. Um, so this will be the seventh year that we have done Live to Lead. And I'll tell you what, I mean, every single year, the four uh, thought leaders, four or five thought leaders that John brings along have made significant growth and impact on me. I've uh, learned from Dave Ramsey, uh, and, uh, who, who, who has you know, not only great um, financial advice and, and how to live a more empowered life, you know, a debt-free life, but also uh, he has a, a series of books on, on uh, leadership, on trade leadership. Um, or Entree Leaders, one of uh, Dave's best books. I just actually saw him in Orlando last week. Maybe you saw the picture and I got to tell him, hey, I want to be in your show in four months doing my debt-free uh, screen. So Dave Ramsey, Patrick Lanchoni, obviously, who, who, who has done the five dysfunctions of the team, which most of the people know, but the book that he was talking about during his talk, Live to Lead, was uh, The Advantage. And I think The Advantage might be the best organizational health book that you could uh, uh, have in your library as, as a leader, if you want to create a better culture. And then uh, Liz Wiseman, who wrote the book uh, Multipliers, and that was, you know, an incredible impact. You know, five ways that, you know, people multiply 
other leaders, but also five ways to be pulled in. And leaders diminish other leaders. And what a really, really powerful book that maybe we should have on our book list uh, study coming up. Uh, Carly Fiorina, when she was running for uh, president, was one. Um, uh, 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 Carly Batchelor, who, was, who, who uh, turned around Popeyes. Um, we've had Simon Sinek. Uh, last year was um, uh, Tyler Perry and uh, Steve Harvey over the last couple of years. Just amazing entertainers. So to hear their story. So this year um, is also going to be a great event. And so what I would love to do for our, our, our listeners here is, is uh, to give you exclusive access uh, at, a, at a reduced rate. Um, so October 8th is, is the event. Um, and, 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 and you can watch it from the comforts of your own home, your home, you know, like your office. If you've got a big screen in your office, you can bring your team in or, or the conference room or bring your staff together and watch this incredible event. You're gonna learn from John Maxwell, uh, uh, Jeff Henderson, who's, who's, the, um, who's the genius uh, uh, behind Chick-fil-A's marketing strategies and, and organizational health. Uh, uh, Jamie Kernlina, who, who's a self-made billionaire with a B, who, who uh, you know, created a, uh, a makeup product and, and a company called IT uh, Cosmetics. Uh, in, in her uh, garage, basically, and then uh, became CEO of uh, L'Oreal uh, down the road. Um, Ed uh, Milet, who's a uh, motivational uh, speaker and leader, and then a great coach, Valerie Burton. Uh, she's a life coach to many, many uh, 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 actors and actresses and, you know, big-name individuals. So come, come, come uh, to the event. I'm going to put the link in, in the comments and the show notes. Uh, you can go to our website at lbleaders.com. LBLeaders.com. At the very, very top, you're going to see um, there. There is a way for you to uh, click and go directly to uh, our Live to Lead uh, webpage. Um, and if you put in uh, the code when you're buying a ticket, LBL10, the number 10, LBL10, um, it's going to give you 10% uh, off. So, um, so that'll be 10% uh, off of your uh, purchase. And and you know, again, it's a half-day uh, leadership event uh, where you are going to just um, I'm telling you, you're going to feel refreshed and renewed. You're going to walk away with strategies and ideas and, and, and just really, really feel good about this last you know, quarter of 2021. Um, it's going to be exactly what you need. So make sure you uh, take advantage of that. That will expire, obviously. I will let you, I don't tell anybody, but I'm only going to let it go for you all <laughs> until the day of the event. And, and the great part is, you don't have to watch it live. You'll have access for 72 hours, and you can even go back and, and watch the replays if uh, you need. And then there's over five hours of actual bonus content of previous Live uh, to Lead speakers. You can go in there and watch and already um, get, your, get your professional development uh, started, right? So, so it's really about growing yourself here, but, you know, John's going to help you grow, grow your team. So uh, in, go ahead and uh, check out the link. Uh, I'll make sure it's in there in the show notes uh, when this uh, show is over and you'll be able uh, to come to live to lead on October 8th. So, okay. So let's, uh, so let's talk about this. I'm actually going to share my screen here and I'm going to bring up um, this uh, part of our uh, study guide as we're talking about uh, chapter, uh, chapter five here. Um, so remember chapter four, you know, the, we, we talked about having a system that nurtures, nurtures leaders. And so what you were, what, what your homework was, was, you know, to go back and start to identify who are those top 20% in your organization. And then you are going to start working on a, um, on a, a schedule for you uh, to spend 80% of your time with them. 
okay, 80% of your time with that top, that top uh, 20% is where, is where I want you uh, to start. So as we're talking about chapter five here, and uh, there's, you know, uh, there's some questions uh, that, that John, John leads you through, and these equipping questions, right? So, so he talks about, you know, equipping leaders is about preparing them for leadership within the organization. Like equipping, like nurturing is an ongoing process and has to be tailored to each uh, potential leader. And that's why, you know, John said, hey, look, list out these leaders, right? List out. And then we had some assessments. So then you could do an assessment on each one of them and make sure that you're coaching and developing and equipping the right uh, people in, in, in your organization. And it's an ongoing process, right? So, so, um, so what, you know, John says is that an equipper is a model and mentor and an empower, right? So a model, the most effective way to equip others is to model the leadership that you want, right? Leaders uh, show the way, right? They go the way, they model the way, and the law of the big picture says that, you know, people don't see or people don't do what other leaders say. They do what other leaders do, right? So if you're modeling one action, <laughs> right, but saying another, uh, that's, you know, hypocritical and they're going to see right through that. So, so an equipper has to first be a model for, for, for who you want them to be in the organization. They have to be a mentor, you know, an advisor who has the vision of the organization, who makes, your, who makes themselves available to share their experiences with you. Um, and lastly, an empower. So they have to instill in others the desire and the ability to carry out the vision, lead, teach, and assess the progress of your leaders. That's a, that's a big part of your, of your role as a leader is to give away power. And I know that's, that's, um, that hurts, right? <laughs> I don't want to give away anything, but you cannot give responsibility without autonomy. You cannot give responsibility without resourcing. And you cannot give responsibility without equipping and making sure that the, that the individuals that you give um, uh, a task to is able and equipped to be able to do so. So I love what you know, John says. So if you're following along in your book, it's on page 85 of your book. And if it's your study guide, it's page uh, 26 here, right? So John, you know, John has these 10 questions on how to equip uh, potential leaders for excellence. And one is you have to develop a personal relationship with the people that you, that you equip. Okay, here's, here's one of the 10 points, right? So, so these questions that you're going to ask here are, um, what's the statement or the purpose of uh, the organization? So if I'm going to, to start to create uh, or uh, develop leaders and bring individuals into my organization, I have to have clarity in the purpose. That's your why, that's your uh, uh, mission. The second question uh, about is what is the primary need of the organization, right? So, so why do we exist, right? Where are we going and who, who do we need, right? What, what types of people, what uh, types of skills? The third question is, is there a training program in place to meet that, okay, so let's just think about school leaders, right? So the purpose of our school, right? We might be a college prep um, organization who, uh, who you know, serves uh, specifically, um, uh, you know, rural students. And our goal is that 100% of our students um, are, are, you know, equipped to either start their own business, you know, go to college, or whatever it may be, right? College and uh, and uh, career ready. So what's the primary need of the organization? So you're listing out. 
the types, the types of individuals. And I think about, you know, well, maybe some of our, uh, our uh, teachers and our uh, faculty and staff need to be someone who's experienced that, you know, someone who, who comes from a rural area, who, who, who has started their own uh, business, who has you know, taken chances on themselves. I mean, you could, you know, start to create that. Last, last week I shared our, you know, a 16-step hiring process uh, to that, that really, that, you know, starts with that, with that tip, right, to, to create that avatar. And then three is, is there a training program in place? So one of the you know, common errors that I see in, in, in the charter schools that, that I work with and the school leaders that I talk to is that you know, we hire people, but that's it, right? We think that they're going to grow based upon experience and, and just being involved in the process. And they'll, they'll show a little bit of growth, but it'll be very, very slow. It won't be accelerated at all. Uh, so, so what you wanna do is you know, to make sure that there's a specific training program in place. So if you're, you know, leading a school that is an underperforming school, right, or, um, you know, students are, you know, coming with, um, with, large, with, with large academic gaps, you know, that, you know, a big part of your, of your job is to make sure that every single person in the organization is trained to uh, be able to uh, differentiate and to help close that academic gap. That's a, you know, that's a critical part of your job. Uh, making sure. Next question is what areas within the organization have the greatest growth potential? So this is again looking at your people in the organization, um, who has uh, capacity. You can go back and check out that assessment that was I think in chapter three or four. It's in your resource guide um, in the drive and you can get access to that. And do those uh, potential growth areas have the needed leaders to accomplish uh, the task, right? So what areas of organization needs to improve and are those individuals who have high capacity for growth and leadership in those actual departments or uh, divisions, right? A critical, critical part of your job as a leader is to put people in the right positions to be successful, okay? People in the right positions, okay? And we'll learn more about that later, okay? And then so, so how to equip uh, potential leaders, you know, back to these uh, 10 points, Number one is making sure you're developing a personal relationship with the people that you equip, a, a personal relationship. And so everything, everything in that leadership starts with, you know, trust. And there's a, and there's a foundation of leadership, uh, you know, to help you get that. So if, I'm, so if I'm influencing others, right, if I'm a person of influence, that means I, I must have some level of relationship with the person, right? I've gained their permission to uh, lead them. Point two, and again, I'm on page 26 of your study guide, uh, and and um, and where am I at? I'm on, I'm on page uh, 91 in in your textbook. Is 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 to is to one develop a personal relationship, and two share share your dream, right? Share your dream, and it really helps uh, potential leaders to know where you're going right so that's your vision that's your sharing of the big picture and so like especially right now in our uh, difficult times and leading through the pandemic and the crises you know that have occurred over the last 18 months i mean it, you, you need to be clear about who your organization aims to be and where you are heading to right if i was going to invite everybody on this call whether you're listening live or where you're in the archives, you know, hey, we're all coming to meet at a destination. But if I don't tell you where we're meeting, no one's gonna show up, right? Unless, you know, someone happens to run into me by luck. 
uh, or you know, maybe they see see like a picture I post, right? They'd have to they'd have to figure it out. And there's too many leaders who who don't do an effective job of communicating uh, where we're headed. They just want all their people to figure it out, right? They're they're mushroom leaders. They're they're leaving people in the dark. Okay, so you need to communicate like you're inviting your team to the party of the year. And that's how you need to communicate, right? The most important party and event of the year is how you need to uh, communicate. So welcome to folks that are coming in live. I appreciate you. Uh, I'm on page 26 of the study guide and um, I'm uh, just uh, starting the, the, how, the how to equip for excellence, these 10 points that John makes in the book. Uh, point, point three is to ask for their commitment, right? So, so I really love what John, you know, shares here in this asking for commitment part. And um, he uh, references Ken uh, Blanchard, who wrote the book, you know, The One Minute Manager. He says, there's a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. When you're committed to doing something, you accept no excuses, right? So that's my own personal excuses, right? But it's also I don't accept accept excuses from others. And then and then later later in that chapter, uh, Lou Holtz, who 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 was an outstanding football coach for Notre Dame and South Carolina and a, a few other teams, he said he said uh, he said the kamikaze pilot that was able to to fly fifty missions was involved but never committed, <laughs> right? So that's what we want. You know, we want we want to have relationships with the people we work with, right? So just good, strong, trusting relationships. We want to be able to share our dream uh, with them, right? And you have to be careful with who you share your dream with uh, because, you know, certain people, they, they, don't, they don't care for dreamers, <laughs> right? They like to squish your dream. That's the first thing that they want to do. So, so having that relationship, right, and sharing your dream with the individuals that you want on the bus with you and asking for their uh, commitment. Right? They, they have to know what cost they will take, what the, what the sacrifices that they will be making to become leaders in the organization. Leadership isn't an easy job. It's a very hard job. And I'm not talking about positional leadership when people get promoted. I'm talking about true leadership, actionable leadership. You know, you know the ones who produce results and develop other people. If they won't commit to that, they're, they're, and it doesn't mean that they won't be good faculty members, but they're not in your top 20%, right? They're the backbones of your organization. They, you know, maybe believe in where you're going, but maybe at this time in their career, they're not ready for that commitment. And point four that John makes, you have to set goals for growth and people need clear objectives if they're going to achieve anything of value. So it's your job to help them, right? To, to help them set a goals that are appropriate and, and, and to make them attainable, right? And clearly state these uh, goals and make the goals require stretch and put the goals in writing. I mean, they really need to be measurable, right? We need to, to know, you know, personally, uh, what will that look like? So there's lots of times when I take leaders through our DISC personality profile or one of our exercises that, you know, and I may ask them, say, hey, you know, what, where do you want to be three months, you know, from now? Or where do you want to be six months, you know, from now? Or if they're telling me about their, you know, communication do's and don'ts. And I said, well, what, well, what does that look like, right? What would success look like? 
I ask that question because I need, I need them to be able to visualize what success is. Because if they don't know what success looks like, how will they ever know that they're making progress? Okay, so we're gonna ask them what success looks like and then we, eh, we may raise that expectation a little bit more, well, here's what it looks like for me, right? But you wanna ask them first and then you can, you know, you can uh, stretch them. So that's, so that's point four, set goals for growth. And then, you know, you know as, as this um, you know, goes through, you're gonna be monitoring this uh, progress here with them, right? You're, you know, you'll be helping them collect the tangible evidences to, to um, be uh, moving forward. Number five, which John says is communicate the fundamentals here. And I say, um, yeah, so this is, this is an important step. And I just love here, uh, Peter Drucker is one of my uh, yeah, favorite uh, you know, leadership, you know, thought leaders and authors. He says here at the top of page 95 in your text, he says, one of the critical problems in the workplace today is that there's a lack of understanding between the employer and the employee as to what the employee is to do. Now, this seems almost impossible, but it, it happens in almost every organization that I work with, that where someone will say, like, the leader might say, I can't wait till I get a chance to hire people so I can, you know, move some of this work off my plate. <laughs> and they never really communicate all of those things that they want the person to do. And then the person is just, again, they just try to figure it out. And then the leader gets disappointed because they're not achieving the goals in which, you know, they want to, right? So it's, it's you know, already creating a fracture. And so, so there's many times I take them through this key result areas exercise, which is a set of questions. So the individuals who are doing the work have a better understanding of what they're actually responsible for. And then I have them write out what they think they're responsible for. And then I have the leader of the organization do the same thing. So then we can actually, um, you know, check it, right? We can say, is this what you think they're supposed to be? Because this is what they think that they're uh, responsible for. So I'll pause there and see if there's any, if there's any questions in the, the chat here. And I'm going to, I'm going to close my windows because we got some, I think it's locusts. I don't know where it is, but they're making a lot of noise. So give me 30 seconds. Go ahead and put a, a question in the chat box or the comment box, box wherever you're listening to it. Take a look at those first five and, and see if there's any questions on those. for being patient with me there, everybody. I don't see any questions in the chat. So, okay, so we must be good with these, with these first five here. Right, let me go back. Let me go back to, okay, so this is, this is one of maybe the most important steps that we want to take a look at. And this is, and this is uh, step six, right, is, is the performing the five step, the five ends process of training people. And this is anything. If you capture anything from this book or anything from this talk, I want you to capture this. So again, I'm on page uh, 27 of your study guide, right? So these five steps. So step one, so, th so this is where I've, I've identified someone that I'm gonna be working with, right? They're in my top 20%. And I've gone through my exercise where I've started to find a series of activities that take me away from the most important parts of my job. 
So, you know, that's, so what I do is I take my to-do list and I write out the things I've got to do. And at the end of every day, I reflect and I say, okay, what's something I did today that I don't want to do tomorrow, right? That I shouldn't do tomorrow. It's not part of my three R's. It's not required of me. The organization doesn't get the greatest return when I do it. And it doesn't fill my heart, right? And so I start to write individuals' names next to some, you know, some of these tasks that I said, well, okay, what's something I'm not going to do tomorrow? So these are, you know, these, you know, these individuals and these are the tasks that I'm going to hand off, right? So these are the uh, urgent, non-important tasks, um, right? Or, 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 you know, just things that I can hand off. So step one is to model. The first end is to model. And so when we, when, when we model, when we model, the one thing we want to make sure we do is we start from the very, very beginning of model. And so this you know, process, you know, begins while the person's in training and they're watching me. So for example, today I recorded myself creating a web page uh, for you know, one of our teammates. So now that they have a step-by-step -step of how of how to do it, right? Because we couldn't do it live. And I said, well, let me record it, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to keep on modeling it for her. Now, one of the things that I did is <clears throat> what you know, John you know, says here, page 97, I have this underlined three times with the word no next to it. Too often when leaders train, they begin in the middle of the task and confuse the people they're trying to teach. You need to start at the very beginning. Now, any task that you do, you probably have done a hundred to a thousand times. And you, you have this intellectual property stored up inside you. So by not starting at the step one, <clears throat> like, you know, showing them from, from, from the beginning of the task, it's almost like you're asking them to climb a ladder after you've knocked out the first two or three rungs of the ladder. They need to jump, right? Or they need to figure it out. So you need to make sure that if you, you know, they, they need to see it from the very, very start of the task. Okay, so that's modeling. So they're, they're, they're watching you do it, right? Let them ask questions. Okay, now step two is mentoring. So this is, I'm still doing the work, right? But at this time, I'm training, they come alongside and they assist in the process. Okay, it's almost like a collaboration. We're doing it together. And I take the time to explain not only the how, but the why of each step. And this is where maybe you could talk them through some some learning experiences, some, some ways that you messed up, right? Some leadership landmines that you stepped on and, and say, hey, you know, this is why I check here first, or this is why I do it this way. <laughs> Let me tell you a story, you don't wanna do it this way, okay? Step one, model. Step two is mentor. Step three is monitor. So when we monitor, we're exchanging places. So now the trainee, the person that you're training, they're performing the task. I'm just overseeing it, right? I assist and I correct, right? And I correct verbally or I remodel it, right? But I don't take it over for them. I don't take it over for them. This is not a micromanaging part, right? They're, they're in training. They're learning how to do it, okay? And if you have to back up down, you know, you know, down the steps here, go ahead and do that. Because you've done it so many times, you may have left out some communication steps, right? Some, some rungs of... So step three is you monitor them. It's important to be encouraging and be positive through this process. 
Step four is I motivate. So this is when I start to wean myself completely out of the task and I let the trainee go, right? This is where they're working more, more independently, right? And it's important for you to stay engaged with them until they sense the success, right? Until they start to really, really see, you know, the fruits of their labor. And, and you can see that because you want to encourage them at this point to, hey, make it better. You'd like, you might have, you know, some insight or some, some you know, skills or you know about something that I'm not aware of and you know, go ahead and let them improve the process, right? Because you're, you're not doing it anymore. And step five is multiplying. This is my favorite part of the process because here's what you're doing is you are now saying to that person, hey, look, you did a great job of learning that last task. I've got a bigger task for you now. I need you to go teach what I taught you before. Go teach it to someone else, right? Now you're multiplying leadership through this process, you're multiplying leadership. They're now, you know, becoming somebody who can empower the people underneath them. Does that make sense? Give me a yes in the in the chat if that makes sense. This is a this is a you know this is a time taking task. This is going to take you time to do this, but this is a really really important uh, learning. For you as a leader. That's why I said I think this is the most important chapter of this book. So that's step six. Step seven is um, to give the big three and empower them to do their work, right? So this is where you start to really, really give them um, the responsibility, the authority, and the accountability to improve, to improve you know, to improve the results, to improve the process, to improve the systems. And remember, uh, you cannot give uh, responsibility without giving people the authority to make decisions, but also you gotta hold them accountable, right? You say, hey, if you're gonna hold some, someone accountable for the work, then you better make sure they're resourced and equipped, they've got the authority to make decisions, okay? This is a really, really important part. So step eight is give them the tools that they need so they may need a, a faster system or a better system, uh, you know, whatever that may be. They may have some, you know, you know some ideas about some new uh, programs that you can put in place um, that'll help you get there. And then step nine is to check on them systematically. So this might be your weekly team meet or, you know, weekly one-on-ones, um, you know, depending on how uh, uh, the capacity of the person and also the, uh, the importance of the task, uh, their, you know, their, their leash in a sense, right, you know, might be long, might be short, you know, this is just something that you have to help, you know, determine based upon their ability to, uh, to execute. And I've got a note to myself here that on page 102, he says, you can't just, you know, give it to them, right? So, so it's the importance of the task, the uh, demands of the work, the newness of the work, the newness of the worker, the responsibility of you know, the worker. And, and it's just really, really important that you, know, you can't just give it away. Uh, I've watched organizations do this where I'll you know, come in and say, hey, you need to start you know, delegating tasks. And they start delegating tasks to individuals without training them. And then obviously they can't do it and they do it wrong. And then they get us, well, I did what you told me to do. You may have but you obviously didn't do it enough, <laughs> right? You need, to, you need to show them one more time because they didn't do it correctly, okay? So you, you can't just 
fall completely out of the picture. Um, you need to continue to stay a part of that. And then also, you know, is, you know, step 10 is to conduct periodic equipping meetings. So this is just to continue to um, have regular training meetings with, with your leaders, right? What you're learning as a leader, you should be teaching them because there is no success without succession. And your job as an organizational leader is to basically work yourself out of the job. Okay, work yourself out, out of the job. It's a critical, critical part for you uh, to be thinking through. So every single day, what, what can I teach, you know, someone, uh, you know, tomorrow that I don't no longer want to do today. Now, one of the things that you have to be thinking about, right, is, is if you do equip or you do empower somebody and you delegate tasks and they're not really getting great results, okay, it could be that there's a mismatch between a job and a person. And this is where, you know, doing a task like, you know, DISC or a strength finders, right, you can make sure that, that the person has the strength and the capacity to actually do that task. Like, for example, you know, you don't want me doing your taxes because I'm not very detail oriented, but I am very creative. Um, I am very persistent, right? So if you want me to create, you know, change and get some better results and to continue to work on something until, you know, we get, you know, success, that's me. You want me to like write down my step-by-step -step tasks to do that? I'm not going to do that. Someone's going to have to follow me around, right? So, so know the strengths of your people is an important part. So you might have a mismatch between a job and a person. Two is, in, um, excuse me, inadequate training or leadership, okay? So this, this is that the person hasn't had the training that they need to be able to do the job. Or uh, there's no, you know, the leader, right? So maybe it's you uh, or uh, their, their, you know, direct report hasn't, isn't leading them in an effective way, right? They're not taking them through those, those five you know, processes and they're not giving them Feedback because feedback is a critical, critical part here of these last, you know, two steps, uh, last three almost in a sense, right? To give them the tools and, and to check on them, you have to be able to give effective feedback. We've got lots of trainings on you know, giving feedback, but real quick, I think maybe our most our most common training um, that you know we have, I have this frame your feedback tool, and so it's five letters: V R. U-O-L. So if you write those down uh, in a column, V is for vision, right? Vision is what I expected you to do. The R is reality. This is what actually happened, right? Or this is the results you got. U is help me understand, right? You're asking a question, you know, tell me, like you're trying to identify the reason why they didn't get the results that they wanted to. The O is opportunity. And here's where you, 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 coach them, right, or you mentor them, or you teach them a better uh, way to get it done. And the L is the most important question is leadership. And this is how could I have communicated this better the first time, so we would have got a better result, right? So V-R-U-O-L. So it sounds, you know, something like this. Uh, hey, Mr. Miller, um, we had all agreed that we would, um, that we would have a custody exchange from classroom to classroom. So we, as the adult in the classroom, would walk with our students down the hallway. Our students would walk with their hands, um, you know, in their pockets at a level zero, so we don't interrupt. But I happened to walk in the hallway today and I noticed your class was transitioning without an adult, you know, supervision, and they were kind of loud and, you know, you know, I had to redirect them. 
you know, where were you? You know, what happened? Help, you know, help me understand. They may say, oh, I had to get a copy or, you know, I had to help a student tie their shoe or, you know, you know, okay, well, great. Well, here's, you know, here's some opportunities to, to improve. You can have your class wait at the end, you know, because we want to make sure that you're there. Uh, we, we, you know, prior to walking out, you know, you know, we're going to redirect and make sure that they understand your expectation. Like, you know, you just, you just walk them back through the process. And then L, right, is the leadership. How can I help you, right? What are some ways that I could help you communicate better? What are some ways that I could have communicated these expectations better? In this way, it's not just, you know, micromanaging, you know, you're not you know, making them feel bad. You're also taking part of the responsibility here is that they're not they're getting the results uh, that you need. So that's one way. It's our frame your feedback tool. And you can email me, just put in the um, subject line, frame your feedback, and I'll send you uh, uh, a link uh, to the actual training and the, um, and the form. Um, so mismatch between the job and the person, inadequate training or leadership, and deficiencies in the person performing the work. And it just you know, could be, they, they, they could just be going through stuff, you know. Um, as an organizational leader last year, you know, we had an employee that definitely wasn't uh, performing at the level that I knew that they could. Um, and I knew something was, you know, happening in, uh, in their life. And, and so I didn't do the best job of closing that gap, you know, that frame your feedback, but it got to a point where, where I had to find out what, what was going on. And here there was, you know, you know, the individual was, you know, battling, battling some uh, personal health issues and, and ended up, you know, having to go to a uh, rehab facility. And, and, you know, instead of, you know, judging and terminating right or whatever else it was hey let's let's thanks thanks for letting me know that took a lot of courage let's let's help let's help this person right let's you know find a way to help them get from here to there and i'm um, really excited you know to hear that the individual is still working there and doing a, a fantastic job because i knew that they could um, incredible uh, you know leader in the organization uh, but it but it really took about that here's our expectations and you're not meeting them um, so help me understand like what's what's actually happening um, with you so those are the 10 any thoughts or questions on those 10 um, I'll you know pause now uh, and, and give you a chance uh, if you want to unmute yourself you're actually in our if you're here live which is awesome um, let me do that so you can here so I have clicked on you have if you want to unmute yourself you can so I'll give opportunity if anybody wants to share about chapter five. Okay. Do not, so oh, there you go. No worries about your noise in the background. I appreciate you, appreciate you being with us and hopefully this is adding some value to you and and, uh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, there you are. Oh, sure. Hi, Tom. Thank you so much. Yes, I really enjoyed this chapter five. Um, for me, I guess the question I have is actually when it comes to the modeling, mentoring. If you're building like a virtual team, how does that work? When you when you're not like in there with the people in, in person, how can you still use this model and still communicate expectation, even though? You may not be physically present with that because that's the challenge that I see like in this day and age. Sometimes, you know, the work that we have to do is now like with things that may not be present um, where we are. 
So how do you manage and how can you adapt this to work with a virtual team? Thank sure. you. Yeah, no, really, really great question. And hey there, little ones. Um, yeah, so just like I shared earlier, so there's a couple of things I would do. You know, I think with, with the, you know, like a tool like Zoom, you can screen share, right? So if you're actually walking someone through like a process that they have to do uh, online, I think, you know, visualizing it. And, and so there's a part in there about, you know, what we see, what we hear, but what, what we actually do is what makes a difference that helps us retain. So I think building out a, um, a, a task analysis or a, a, you know, a system. So sometimes I have to, um, I'll, I will actually record myself, uh, you know, talking myself through the steps that I'm taking. And then I'll use um, a modder, which is a transcription tool, but there's other transcription tools, up, you know, and you could go there and you could transcribe it and you could actually break down, hey, here are the steps that we would take, um, you know, so now you're actually creating systems and processes for the people. Because uh, even if you don't have a team, you, you have systems and eventually you, you know, you'll be big enough where, you know, where, where you'll need that and you need to be able to hand some sort of you know, training guide over. So everything that you build, everything you do every day has a system, whether it's written out or not, you know, it's probably not, right? Most of the systems live in our head. But what we need to do as leaders is we need to pull out that information uh, from our heads and we need to get it down in some sort of standard operating procedure, some you know, sort of process um, that, right? And so that's, that's a way, you know, to do it. Um, if I was virtual, I, I would have a lot more check-ins, you know, with them. And, and I think I would always, you know, you know, make sure like, you know, Tola, you're in a lot of the, the same coaching programs, you know, that I am, like, they need to, it's their responsibility to bring the questions and the topics to you. So, you know, when I run, uh, you know, leaders and uh, teachers through our coaching skills and managers uh, training, like they're always blown away that, that, you know, our you know, coaching model is that, hey, the person being supportive is the person who should be bringing the topic and the question, um, right? And so here, if you've got, you know, someone who's working through some tasks, and you've got you know you know clarity in the goal that you want them to achieve, and there's some tangible, measurable, uh, measurable results. If they're bringing you a dashboard of those tangible results, then you could you know you, you know you could talk you know through them. So why do you think you have this gap, right? The largest gap in life that we know right, is is the gap between what we know and what we do. And that's why I say when you know someone says that to me, I know. I'm like, well, those are the two most dangerous words. Because if I know and not do is to really not know. And so what we want to help, you know, what people is want to establish what that mental model of perfection may look like, right? What would, what would great results look like? And then what's our current reality? As you know, right, the leader's job is to, uh, to uh, define the current reality of, of where we are. So we help them identify the reality and then help them think through some action steps uh, uh, to, to close that gap, to close that achievement gap on where they are and where they want uh, to be. So I think that's what I would do. If I only had a virtual team, which I do, I, I actually haven't, I only do have a virtual team, so I don't even know what I'm saying. I have not seen my teammate physically in person in well over a year. So we only work virtually and we have a daily call and we, we walk through um, what we're working on. 
And then I asked them, you know, what your questions do you have? And we talk through and they send me the project and I might give some feedback, but I, you know what, you know, typically ask them, hey, if you were you know, fully responsible for this task, how would you improve it? Because <laughs> they're gonna have better ideas than I will anyway, because they're the ones that are spending the majority of the work. So I, so I would make sure that I'm clear in my expectations. I would make sure that I'm not just giving things uh, to people, that I have some sort of training program around it, around you know, my systems. And I would make sure that I'm staying in touch with them often. Does that help? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Because I'm just starting. So this is like, and so this book um, and what we're reading came at a perfect time. I'm just starting to do the team. And mm -hmm. so I have two that I'm doing like part-time and they're interns so far, but I'm hoping to like hopefully get them to the stage that they'll be full-time in the coming future. And so it has just been interesting trying to manage the virtual. And this is the first time that I'll ever like lead in the long time. And so, um, I, and thank you so much. This is very helpful. So, I, yeah, I need to record, and you're right. Sometimes I, in our head, does not mean that it translates to them. So I like the idea of recording and then showing them the process so that even if the new person come on board, you can always refer them back to that training. Not that you have to start all over again from scratch in training them. So if, if that becomes part of our process and system, it's easier to onboard new team members for sure. And then the other thing that, that also came up for me is like one of the, the first one on how to equip potential leaders for excellence was develop a personal relationship with the people you equip. So what has been your process with that or like what has been your experience? Because that's another thing is like, yes, I know a bit about them, but my question is like, how do you really like, how far is too, what is too much, what is too little in trying to develop that? And so that's the other question I have. I don't want it to become so personal that we don't get the work done, but at the same time, I don't want to be so professional that I don't care. Do you see so? How do you find that balance? Yeah, no. I love that question. I think it's a really important question and it's probably one that I hear often, right? So, because um, the leaders will say, well, I don't want to share my, you know, uh, personal, uh, you know, stuff, right? Or I don't want them to know, or I don't have time for that. And so I think, you know, you and I share a, you know, a mentor, John Maxwell. And so he always starts with, well, if you don't value the people that you lead, you're never going to lead them you can't lead someone that you don't value. And so in valuing somebody, you know, you're going to build a relationship with them and that's a give and take. You know, I can't just take everything. I have to give a little. So, you know, being relational, right, means that I take the time to, to know what you value, Tola, right? To, to know, you know, some, some like interest in your life, to, to know about, you know, your family a little, you know, to ask you, you know, uh, Chris Hogan, who was a Live to Lead um, uh, uh, a speaker a couple of years ago, I mean, he dropped gold when he said the three questions to employee retention are, how are you, what are you working on, and how can I help? And so by taking the time to do, you know, one-on-ones, lead by walking around, um, to just demonstrate that you care i mean that's where i think the relationship is um you can get too close to people and then it, it it can it can become hard to lead and i love what john will say he's like well are you are you trying to be friends with everybody or are you leading people right because if you you've probably been in an organization or a situation where you 
you wish the leader would have given you better feedback. You wish the leader would have said, really given you some honest, um, caring with candor feedback. And that's really hard, you know? Um, I was reading, I was rereading this one, this one, you know, section to my wife after we were done um, uh, dinner. And it's, it's on page 121. He's like, you've got to care enough to confront, right? It's how this chapter ends, I think, actually, off the top of my head. And, and so he's like, when a, you know, when a person's behavior is inappropriate, avoiding confrontation always worsens the uh, situation. And so, and, and this is what, you know, blew me away. It's in the middle of 121. It says, anytime a leader avoids a confrontation, he should ask himself whether he is holding back for his own good or for the good of the organization. If it's for himself, he is acting under selfish motives. And that, I've, I've done that, gosh, probably a hundred or more times. And I, and I remember, I, I thought I was valuing the relationship, right? But what I was doing is I was really, you know, being selfish and worrying about, you know, the feelings. But you can say something to someone and, and you're really going to get the best out of them because you let them know um, that I care for you. I want you to succeed. I see these things happening in your life. And, and how, you know, can I help you get it better? Um, that's, I think that's the relation, you know, part, you know, Tola, that gets hard. And I think some uh, people have a hard time with being authentic and transparent to get there. But you got to be able to get there, right? I mean, and you'll be good but you'll never be great. So if you want to be great, you have to be able to, to do that uh, um, candor with care, you know, conversation. And, you know, one way to get it is to find someone who has it and just watch them, right? And ask them, will you mentor me? And there's a lot of people that mentor me that they don't know they do. I'm just constantly watching, I'm asking them questions, I'm learning from them. So I think that's where I would go with the relationship piece. And I would, uh, I would use that everyone connects, I'm sorry, everyone communicates few connect uh, principle of, you know, connecting starts with common ground. And I would just start to um, ask, ask some questions. I would, I would find quality time. I just finished, it's, it's gonna be our next, uh, our next book study is the um, uh, languages in the workplace, uh, the appreciation languages in the workplace. And quality time and words of affirmation were the top two um, appreciation languages of, of uh, workers. And we don't spend enough time um, with our people. You know, we spend too much time doing administrative work, right? And trying to put out fires rather than, you know, developing people and inviting them along for the journey. So. Thank you help? so much. Yeah, yeah yes, sure. Absolutely. No. Thank no. you so much. Great questions. Anybody else have any thoughts or questions about that? Let's see where we're at. So I'm gonna, um, let me take in here, I'm gonna bring the study guide back up. Um, so I wanted to hit a couple points, uh, you know, and, and this one is this, is this chart here, and sorry for the people that are watching. Um, you know, development of leaders takes time, attention, and a commitment. And this is, and this is what John says, why most people don't do it, <laughs> right? I mean, because they're really, really developed people. It takes time. And what, you know, we had said, you know, earlier in this study, is like, 
60 to 80% of your day needs to be teaching adults how to be better adult leaders in our schools, in our organizations. And so John has this list, right? There's a big difference you know, between nurturing the people, equipping people, and developing people. And this is where we want to get to. Um, so in your, in your study guide, I don't like the way this thing uh, goes from page to page. Sorry. In your study guide, it's page 32. Um, in your text, it's the start of, um, of chapter 6. And so I just really see this. So, so here's just, you know, kind of just what, you know, Tola just asked us, right? So the nurturing part, the care, right? Caring, right? So I care for you. I want to take care of you. I want to go your organization to help. But equipping is that I'm actually going to take the time, right? I'm going to take you through those five steps and I'm going to help you do your job better. But then, you know, developing, right, is more about that training for personal growth. Not only am I going to help you do your job better, I'm going to help you live a more empowered life, right? I'm going to have, I'm going to have, um, I'm going to be very curious about where you see yourself in one to five years. And I'm going to help you, all right? I'm going to be, I'm going to be responsible uh, 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 to you, not for you, to you, to, to help you grow as a person because you know some of you may may know my story right if you've heard you know podcasts or been through other trainings i mean you know i was i was i was trying to build a career ladder with no character <laughs> right i i was a i didn't have very strong values as a person and i thought i couldn't get these you know jobs or climb the ladder because you know I was being uh, passed over by, uh, uh, you know, it was already um, set, right? Uh, yeah, oh, thanks for applying, Tom, but, you know, someone else was already here or they've been here longer, right? That, that was always my, my, like, excuse. But I never took the time to look in the mirror. I didn't know that my own character flaws were the reasons why I wasn't truly growing as a person. And so if you truly want to develop people, you need to help them understand that leadership starts from the inside out. You need to grow internally before it'll show on the outside. And so as you take you know, people through this nurturing, equipping, and uh, developing, this top 20% of your people, this is where you know, you're going to focus your time in really training them for personal growth, helping them learn how to be transformational in their own leadership and others' leadership, uh, how to coach people, how to, how to multiply their leadership, right? I mean, these, these are the individuals that you are building um, your own succession plan, plan through. Now, you need to, you know, equip as many people as you can, but you're going to get a better return on your investment your organization is going to get a better return if you develop people to equip other people. I hope you caught that, right? If I develop Tola to equip five other people, I'm going to get, we're, this organization is going to be in a better spot, right? So if, to, you know, uh, just like Tola said, you know, I'm starting to grow my team, right? So now she's like, okay, I'm going to equip them, but I also need to 
if I get a team of five, which I think I heard you say, then one of those five, I need to spend the most time with. Who's that person with the most capacity? Because I need to not just equip them, I need to develop them. So that's making sure that they have a personal growth plan, right? And you could share with them what that may be. I shared mine, you know, uh, with you all. I mean, every day, you know, I do my Think 30, I write for 30 minutes, I, I you know, read, I read a chapter of a leadership book, I, I you know, listen to a podcast, I, I try to create, you know, content. I, I mean, every single day, you know, I'm, I, I'm working towards growing myself, not just as a leader, but as a father and as a husband, and, you know, there's just things that I'm working on doing every day. Right, so I think John, John uh, gives an outline here, right? It's like a Monday through Friday outline of what um, you know, he would say uh, uh, to start with, uh, which is on page one, one, 113, right? 113, so, so in, you know, in here, so as you're starting to look for these uh, people, you're asking them, you, know, you, you need to know what other people want, right? What do they, what do they want, you know? Uh, where do they see themselves is the first question, right? Do they have a way of getting what they want? And will they be rewarded if they're successful? And so I love, uh, there's this basketball coach's name is Tom, Tom Izzo from uh, Michigan State. And, and he asks his you know, players what they want, right? What's their goal? And he writes it on the index card and he has those index cards laminated and he, he keeps those index cards in his pocket. So anytime that he sees members of his team not acting in a way that's in alignment to what they want, he shows them the card, right? But he knows what they want. He took the time to ask them. He took the time to write it down. He took the time to laminate, like he's responsible to them you're responsible to your people. You're not responsible for your people. You're responsible to them, right? It's their job. You can't, you can't force them to grow. Those are choices that they need to make, but that's why you're taking them through the process and you're doing that growth, you know, capacity assessment, making sure that you're pouring into the right people. The next action is you're being a good listener, right? A listener who listens to understand, not just to reply to people. We've got this whole lesson on that listening. It's the five levels of listening. It's really good. I'll make sure I add it in here to the resources. And, and so it's a really powerful exercise um, to, to start giving your people in your organization opportunities to be heard and to share ideas. Make sure that they have a plan for personal growth, right? We've talked about that and keep the growth going. It's the law of the process, right? Leadership evolves daily, not in a day. So every single day, right, you're doing something small. And so it's, you know, sometimes when I want to, you know, lose weight, right, I'll, I will, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to not eat today. Well, that's not, that's, that's not, a, that's, that's maybe a catalyst for change for 24 hours, but I'm not going to be able to keep that up. That's not a commitment to change. A commitment, you know, to change would be, you know, having a, a strict rule, no more than two caloric drinks, less than, you know, 2,000 calories, uh, 30 minutes of 
exercise per day, right? That's a daily, daily step towards growth. That's what you need to help your team have is a daily plan. Consistency compounds. So if you think about your school, right? And if you had some new initiatives that you were trying to put into place this year, I mean, every day it takes attention, right? And eventually you're going to see, you know, the growth. And it's hard for your teachers to see um, that, you know, growth because they're in it every day, right? It's hard, it's hard to see the picture when you're standing in the frame. So you need to be able to make sure that you can show them that you can see their growth, but you do that through specific affirmation, right? And praise statements and letting them know how they are uh, growing. Um, I don't know if there was any other ones that I wanted to really share here. This, this strive for excellence, I think, is a good place to, you know, start to finish off. It, it is, is that, you know, Atoll and I have a you know, mentor in common, and he's always telling us to hold our image, right? To hold our image. And so what that means to me is that I'm, I'm creating an image of what I want significance to look like, to feel like in all aspects of my life right? Personally and professionally. And I'm, I'm going to hold that image when I'm making choices. And I love one of the things is, hey, Tom, you know, you can't say no to the cookie when you're face to face with a cookie. <laughs> you have to say, decide before the cookie shows itself that you're not going to eat that cookie, right? So when you're holding your image, it's making choices right? Making decisions based upon your choices that are going to get you closer to that image. So striving for excellence, right? Is that, is that holding the image? I mean, you know, you can't say, well, here's, here's what absolute success would look like and then settle for less. We can't settle for less. We spend too much time selling for less. I want you to settle for more, <laughs> right? Settle, settle for more. And this, this last one, this, this, care, this care to uh, confront. And, and so you've got to confront things immediately, right? So if you're holding this image of what success looks like, you've communicated this image over and over and over again, because vision leaks, everybody, right? You need to talk about it every single day. People need to hear something 16 times before it even starts to penetrate, right? And if you're walking, you're leading by walking around, you're going through the organization or you've set, you know, someone up for success or they have a task and they didn't do it correctly or it's not right or something's out of order, you've got to address it. And you can address it with a question, right? B-R-U-O-L. Here was my vision for this, but here's what it looks like. Help, 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 help me understand, right? And then opportunity, right? Here's, here's some ways to make it better. And leadership, you know, how could I help you do it? What, how could I have communicated it better? Whatever it may be, right? But you've got to confront it as soon as possible because the longer you wait, the longer you wait, you won't do it. You'll just let it go and then you'll let it eat you up. And then you're going to start to create resentment, right? And, and, and when there's resentment, there's resistance. So back to Toll's question about building relationships, you can't create a rigorous in working environment, right? Like a, like a 
um, just, just, you know, just an effective working environment, a working culture without, you know, without relationships. Because you need that healthy conflict to be able to get to the best idea, you know, and the best results. But if we spend so much time not confronting what we want, then we're always going to get what, what we fight for, <laughs> which is less. So don't fight for less, right? Fight for more. Um, so care enough to uh, confront, um, address inappropriate uh, behavior right away. Uh, don't be selfish about it. Um, that you know that you need to do. Separate the person from from the wrong action. And I really like this. This is important. And what John, you know, you know, teaches us. I don't think he talks about it in this book. He's like, you got to declare noble intent. Put a ten on everybody's head, right? And just assume they're a ten until they approve otherwise, right? Until they prove to you otherwise that they're not a ten, right? But you're not going to take that ten off their head. Only their actions and their behaviors can take the ten off. So you have to be able to separate the person from uh, the action, right? Because I have to continue to encourage and support the person. They're going to make mistakes, right? They're going to make mistakes. And, and you, can't, you can't continually, um, you can't judge individuals if you haven't, you know, taken them through all this uh, all these uh, processes. So. Um, so separate the person from the action, right? Separate the being. Uh, confront only what the person can change. Give the person the benefit of the doubt, right? And this is always that they tried their best, right? I don't think anybody wakes up saying, I'm only going to give half effort today, right? It was my son was complaining about his teacher today. And I was like, I don't, I don't think a teacher ever wakes up Matthew and says that I'm going to, I'm going to make Matthew miserable today. I'm just going to do everything I can, right? But, you know, give the person the benefit of the doubt. Uh, be specific in your feedback, right? Avoid sarcasm. This is something I constantly have to work on. You know, sometimes we use sarcasm as a crutch or to try to, we think it's going to, um, make light of the situation, but it just, you know, it just makes it worse. Um, avoid words like always and never, like you're never on time, uh, or you're always making it worse. I'm like, you know, because words matter. And people say, oh, I wasn't late yesterday, right? <laughs> uh, tell the person how you feel about what was done wrong. If the person's actions have offended you, right, tell them right then and there. Don't, don't go back over um, you know, over time, and that, that's, you know, shovel the pile uh, when, when it's small, and, and give the person a plan to, to work to fix the problem, you know, whatever they did wrong, you know, give them a shot um, to, to work through it. So next week when we come back, I want to start here with this six levels of growth, because I think this is something that we need to make sure we address uh, before moving into these uh, to the next two chapters. So I'm going to stop sharing from there and see if there's any, any questions uh, either in any of the comments here. You all have the ability to unmute yourself if you want to, if you have any just, you know, final thoughts or maybe some wins for, you know, over the last three weeks since you've been reading this book before we finish. Well, I guess I'll say my win has been, even though 
being able to be live today, each time I keep listening it for the past two weeks because my life has been crazy. I'm just happy that I'm able to tap this live today. And then another win was like we said, starting to build my team. Um, like when you introduced the book in the email, I was like, yes, this is true because I realized that sometimes when I try to do it alone, if there's a personal crisis in my life, it's off everything and then nothing happens and then there's so much like restarting all over again. I realized that actually if I'm able to develop other people to support the dream and really like, even if anything happens to me, once the system and the process is set and the people have been trained, they can carry on and still get some work done instead of just me waiting three months, six months, or whatever time it takes me to get back on my feet in that regard. So I just want to say thank you for bringing this together and helping me to really start this process. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. I love having you and, and asking questions. And you know, someone asked here, I think it's Chandra, hopefully I said that correctly. Um, how do we get your book? So it's John Maxwell's book. It's not mine. It's uh, Developing the Leaders Around You. If you're looking for the study guide, as long as you registered, um, you know, that should be there. But you can email me at tom at lbleaders.com. But you can just go to, to you know, Amazon and you could, um, you know, you could, uh, you know, buy the book on amazon.com. That's, that's, that's where I got it. Uh, but, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to read the book. You know, you'll gain some great insight from the book. I think you're going to gain more from downloading the study guide, printing it out, and working through the reflective questions and creating a plan from the reflective questions. Because there's some really good content that's actually in the study guide. But the book is great. I think it's 10 bucks. Um, or so on Amazon. And so I'll make sure that I resend out, you know, the link um, to actually buy the book if you haven't had a chance and you want to. Uh, but the study guide, I think, is a really great tool. These exercises are, you know, great, you know, coming in, asking questions and, and at least listening, um, you know, to the archives of these uh, sessions. And then, you know, just like Tola said, I'm going to go back with my team. I'm going to actually apply what I'm learning, and that's what John had, you know, shared here in this, you know, uh, chapters five and six, one of the two, he specifically talked about one of the keys to growth, right, is to not just read a book, right, or listen to a podcast, it's to reflect and apply, right, so the, so the three, uh, you know, letters that we use is ACT, your act, what am I going to apply based upon this uh, teaching, or this, you know, chapter, or just this learning. What am I going to change in my practice? Right. So apply might be something new. Change might be obviously to change something that I'm already doing. And then T is teach. What am I going to teach? You know, uh, someone else um, about what I learned. And and the more you go through that reflective exercise, you're going to see your personal growth soar. Right. Because um, we don't want shelf help. That's when we got so many books and, you know, we just buy books just to keep our shelves looking busy, right? We want, we want self-help. And the way to help yourself is to apply what you're learning and um, always looking for a better way uh, to get to that mental model of perfection, whatever you decide that that is for you or your team or your organization. So hopefully that, that helps there. So I dropped in the link too. Some of you may have missed it, but one more time, uh, Live to Lead is October 8th. It's a great opportunity. 
to see John Maxwell. It's a simulcast. This is a virtual leadership event, so you can watch it from anywhere, from your bedroom, from, from the boardroom, from your conference room, from your office, from your living room, wherever you want. Uh, so uh, there's a link in the chat here, or you can go to our website at lbleaders.com, lbleaders.com. And at the very top, you're going to see a green bar. Go ahead and click on that. It says, you know, come to our virtual leadership event. Click there. And if you use the coupon code LBL, all caps, LBL, and the number 10, LBL10, it'll give you 10% off your ticket. Uh, so that's on October 8th. And you're going to, there's five amazing uh, thought leaders, including John Maxwell, uh, who, will, who will speak into you and your team that day. So, all right, great work, everybody. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and if you haven't subscribed yet, you know, subscribe. If you're on our Facebook page and we said something like share this out, right? And, and apply and just said, Hey, here's something I learned from this lesson. I think you're going to learn too. Um, and you know, I shared it out with them. And so until next week, I believe in you and I believe in your dreams, everybody. So it works if you work it one day at a time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Good night to everyone. Before you go, I just wanted to remind you about an upcoming event that we have. It's our Live to Lead annual leadership simulcast. This Live to Lead event is going to bring the best thought leaders into your conference room, into your living room, wherever you want to watch this upcoming session. You're gonna hear from five world-class communicators, leaders, thought leaders, thinking partners, uh, strategists, who, who are impacting and influencing tens of thousands of people around the globe every day. And we're going to give you a chance to learn from them directly. So go to our website at lbleaders at lbleaders.com. That's lbleaders.com. And at the very top, you're going to see an invitation for you and your team to buy your ticket to Live to Lead. You're going to have an extraordinary uh, time. Bring your team. You're going to feel uh, inspired, refreshed, and renewed. And early bird uh, ticket prices are closing soon. So go get your leader pass right now and take your team to the next level on October 8th.